and thank you for listening to episode 261 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, and this is Soundcheck Memories, part two. Something I didn't think I'd be saying when I recorded Soundcheck Memories just a few months ago, because that was going to be just a one-off show. But thanks to the lovely feedback I got from that show, I am sat here today recording part two. So please join me as I take a trip down my music memory lane. So if you had listened to the first show, which uh, hopefully you did, it's not a prerequisite that you need to listen to that one to listen to this. But I did start that one with the first single that I ever bought. So I thought, maybe I should start this one with the first album that I ever bought. And for the life of me, I could not remember what the first album I bought was. And then the more I got thinking about it, it became pretty clear the reason why I couldn't. It's because when I was a kid, I didn't buy albums. I bought singles. I was locked into the charts at the time, the pop charts, and I'd hear something on the radio or I'd see something on top of the pops and really like it and go and buy the single. And I've still got lots of those singles from the 70s now. And uh, that's the reason why. I think it was into my probably early teens when I started buying albums. And you'd think, okay, then so it was your early teens when you started buying albums. Surely it'd be easier to remember. And uh, no, it's not. (laughs) It's not easier. I can't remember the first album whatsoever. So I thought the next best thing to do would be the first album that I owned. And I can remember that very very clearly because I loved that album. I still love that album. Uh, I played it to death way back when. And um, I can't remember who bought me the album. I'm presuming it was a parent, a mum or dad, or a family member or friend. I cannot remember who bought it me, but I can remember the album. The album was released in 1965. Uh, Great year, the year I was born. I didn't get it that year. Uh, I probably got it, I think, the late 60s or very early 70s. And the album is The Reluctant Dragon, starring Touche Turtle and Dum Dum. Now, I'm sure there's quite a few of you out there that are scratching your heads, or maybe even other parts of your body, I don't know, thinking, who the hell is, who the hell's Touche Turtle? And who or what is Dum Dum? So if you are thinking that, I shall enlighten you a little bit. Uh, Touche Turtle and Dum Dum, it was a seven minute cartoon. Uh, It first aired in America on September the 3rd, 1962. And it was part of the new Hanna-Barbera cartoon series. Or, as I used to call them as a kid, Hanna-Barbera. It also featured the cartoons Wally Gator, which I do remember very, very well. And Lippy and Hardy. Now, when I read this, I thought, I don't know Lippy and Hardy. Do you know Lippy and Hardy? And it was only when I did the usual, you know, you Google it, Google images. And then as soon as I saw the images of Lippy and Hardy, it clicked and thought, yes, now I remember them. It was Lippy the Lion and Hardy Ha Ha. It was probably, you might have guessed by the name, a hyena. Uh, Touche the cartoon, it didn't hit the UK until the 1970s. And it was aired as a standalone cartoon over here. And Touche was voiced by a guy called Bill Thompson. And if the name means nothing to you, like most of the voice actors who did cartoons um, and still do today, they do many voices, not just this one. So if you don't know the voice of Touche Turtle, you will know Bill Thompson probably best for being the voice of Droopy. Hello, are you happy people? You know what? I'm the hero. Bill Thompson voiced Touche until his death in 1971 and Bill's death, obviously, not Touche's death. That would be quite a harrowing episode for the kids to watch when Touche Turtle was uh, viciously killed. And a guy called Don Messick took over vocal duties. And again, if you don't know the name, you will know some of the voices that Don uh, is famous for. And I think probably one of his most famous ones is being the voice of Scooby-Doo. And then, of course, Touche's sidekick, Dum Dum, who is a large dog, was voiced by Alan Reed. And another example of voices that uh, Alan did 
And you will know this one again. This is another really famous one. It's Fred Flintstone. It's one of the rules in the contest I'm in. I'd suggest you get in the contest too, but you wouldn't have a chance. You're over the hill athletically. Your reflexes don't flex anymore. So, Touche Turtle, uh, he was not, how shall I put it, the sharpest tool in the box. But he was, he was an expert fencer. And I don't mean that in the way as, you know, he was great at putting up wooden fences around your house. Uh, it's He always carried a standard fencing foil as a weapon. He was a really good swordsman. Or should that be Swords Turtle? Uh, the running joke throughout the series was he had a telephone in his shell and this would ring at the most inopportune of moments, usually during the middle of a fight or something going crazy around him and he'd have to retreat into his shell and answer the phone. And there was no particular continuity or timeline to the series. Uh, adventures happened in the Old West, in medieval times, uh, as well as, of course, in the 1960s when it was made as well. So as I said, I'm fairly sure I got the album late 60s, early 70s, which is before the cartoon came over here to the UK. So these were new characters to me, but thanks to the cover, and the cover image, of course, will be in the podcast notes on our website. Uh, go and have a look. And yes, I know you can Google it and have a look. But of course, you also know, I love you going to the website and having a look at what, everything we've got on there. So the, the photograph of the front and back cover will be on the podcast notes on our website so i knew from that what touche turtle looked like what dum-dum looked like and you know from the cover what the reluctant dragon looks like as well but this album there's not many songs on it there's a lot of narration it tells a story and i think because being the only child of only children and i was by myself a lot and uh by that I don't mean like my mum and dad went and left me by myself as a five-year-old or that I was Billy No Mates. Uh, but being an only child of a very small family, there was a lot of time when I was by myself. So I was comfortable with my own company, uh, which I still am. I'm fine, you know, I'm fine with it. But that also was a part of me developing a very vivid imagination. Uh, I remember at school, I think I was eight years old when the teacher was constantly telling me that I should be an author is what I should do because my imagination was uh, quite wild and the stories I would write all the time. Whether that's helped in podcasting, I don't know. That's probably for you to decide more than it is for me. But that imagination helped with, even though the story's being told in the album, there's bits that are missed out and it's left to your imagination to make things up. So every time I listened to this album, I would change little bits of it. I'd go with the story that was given to me, but the bits in between, I would change every time that I listened to it. So it never, ever became boring to me. And like I said at the beginning, I played this so, so many times. It got to the point where I knew it off by heart. And then, like I said, this is when my imagination would come in and fill in all those other parts. So a little bit about the story of the album. Um, Touche is called by the mayor of the town because a sheep herder said that there's a dark cave that nobody's ever explored and he's heard an unusual sound from the cave. <laughs> Touche says, maybe it's only haunted. Only haunted. That's the world of Touche Turtle. When a cave, it's, oh, it's just, it just might only be a haunting. It's quite a regular thing, really. <laughs> That's the world that Touche lives in. Uh, so Touche and... Of course, taking his psychic dum-dum, says he'll go to the sheep herder's house and check it out. And this is how their adventure begins. And I'm not going to tell you any more because, much to my surprise and delight, the whole album is on YouTube. It's even split into two parts. Obviously, side one and side two, each one being about 15 to 16 minutes. So you can blast through it in just over half an hour. And please do. I'll put a link to it again in the podcast notes. Uh, I'm even put part one as the video at the bottom of the podcast notes on the website. Uh, have a listen to yourself. Put it on for the kids. Will kids today be entertained by Touche Turtle? Again, let me know. Play it to them and, and let me know. It is for the younger kids uh, and those of us that grow up with it are probably the ones that are going to get the most out of it. I can't see anybody say in their 20s going yes this touche little album rocks i'm gonna buy this one but it is very very good and so the song of course we're talking about my music memories what song do i pick 
there's not a lot in it. So what I thought I'm going to play, I'm going to play you a little bit of the dialogue, which then leads into my favourite song from it, which in this day and age probably isn't politically correct. Again, I don't know. You tell me. Because Touche Turtle's sidekick is called Dum Dum, and he is, he's a dum dum. He's named for what he is, and the song is called Dum Dum. And as you'll hear in the lyrics, he refers to himself as a dum-dum. And this song is going to stick in your head. I'm sorry, I'm warning you now, this song is going to stick in your head. So uh, sit back, put your feet up, and let's dive into the world of Touche Turtle and dum-dum. Hello, Touche Turtle speaking. Hero work done cheap. No job too small, just give us a call. What dashing, swashbuckling type hero job is it? Saving a beautiful princess? Restoring law and order? <laughs> what? You can't tell me. What's the caper, Touche? This must be some kind of a mystery, dum-dum. Mystery? Uh, what kind of a mystery, Touche? You won't tell me. There's something mighty mysterious about this mystery, Touche. Right, dum-dum. And we're gonna get to the bottom of it. Uh, hello? My partner Dum-Dum and I will be right over, sir. We'll take care of everything. Come on, Dum-Dum, my rusty assistant. Uh, that's trusty, Touche. Okay, Dum-Dum, but let's be on our way. That call sounded like trouble. Have I got everything? Yes, Chief. You got your sword and your swashbuckler's hat and all. Okay, then. It's Touche Hawaii! <laughs> Wait for me, Touche. It's Dum Dum away. <laughs> Why can't I ever remember to open the door before I do one of them fancy Touche exits? D-U-M, D-U-M, Dum Dum is my name. D-U-M, D-U-M, that's my claim to fame. I'm not dumb, I'm just confused. Why, I've got brains I've never used. But I've got them just the same. Dumb Dumb is my name. And when my faithful friend Touche proudly yells, Touche away! Quicker than a Touche can say, Dumb Dumb, I'm on my way! D-U-M, D-U-M, I'm really not so bright. I'm D-U-M, D-U-M, but I know day from night. And intellectual, that I'm not, but common sense, that I've got. Cause I know wrong from right, I'm really not too bright. I'm dumb, dumb, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shakespeare said, uh, what's in a name? What counts is how you play the game. So I don't know why I'm called dumb. I've got a brain, but it is numb. But I use it just the same, dumb, dumb is my name. How did you like that? Did you like it again? Let me know. Send me an email. Give me a tweet. Whatever. Just let me know. I loved re-listening to it when I found it on YouTube. I think I've still got the album. Uh, there's a lot of vinyl tucked away in the loft. Uh, and like most people's lofts, it's a sea. Actually, no. Let me rephrase that. It's a mountain of things that have been accumulated over the years. And somewhere deep within the bowels of that mountain could well be the Touche Turtle album, if I find it. And I'll tweet it. I'll tweet a picture out, so make sure that you're following us on Twitter. I'll put it up on our Instagram, too. So the second subject. Uh, again, I thought I'd pick three subjects, much like the first Soundcheck Memories show. And I'm going to release this show on July the 5th, 2020. Uh, and there's a reason why I'm releasing it on that date, and it's because that date marks the 25th anniversary of the day that my dad died uh, at the all too young age of 53, uh, and 20 days before my 30th birthday. Now you've heard me talk about my dad in other shows, uh, specifically the Clint cast, he was a big part of me being a big Clint Eastwood fan, uh, he was a big part of my sense of humour as well, and spoiler alert, I'm going to do Soundcheck Memories Part 3, Yes, we've got a trilogy, folks, and it's going to be about the comedy albums of my youth. So if you've got any particular comedy albums of your youth, 
again, send me an email and I'll uh, read them out on the show and we can have a little chat about what you found funny as a kid. And uh, yeah, he's, he's also responsible for me being a tech head as well. Um, I think we do get a lot from our parents and I got a lot from my dad and I still miss him. It's 25 years now and I still miss him every day and think about him every day as well. So I thought, what what song mostly reminds me of my dad? If I had to pick one song, what would it be? So then I got thinking about my dad's music collection. Now, as I said earlier, as a kid, I was buying singles all the time. It wasn't until my early teens that I started buying albums. And I started thinking about, okay, well, my dad was the opposite. Obviously, he was older, of course. So he was buying albums as opposed to singles. And then I got to think of the albums that he owned and I can picture me flicking through them and it wasn't until I was putting the show together that it suddenly hit me my dad only bought two types of albums one was a compilation album the other was comedy album and it never really hit me until now uh, so I thought okay so what compilation albums what are the main compilation albums that he always used to play uh, one that sprung to mind was the Carpenters the singles 1969 to 73 uh, they also had a, another singles release called The Singles 1974 to 1978. In fact, the Carpenters have more compilation albums released than they do studio albums, which is not... Again, I looked into this and I thought, are they the only bands who have done that? Of course they're not. There were so many bands who now, you know, if they started earlier on, you know, in the 60s especially, have got more compilation albums out than new studio albums. And the song that came to mind from that album, it's not my song pick, is Top of the World. Such a feeling's coming over me There is wonder in most everything I see Not a cloud in the sky Got the sun in my eyes And I won't be surprised if it's a dream Everything I want the world to be Is now coming true especially for me And the reason is clear It's because you are here You're the nearest thing to heaven that I've seen I'm on the top of the world Looking down on creation And the only explanation I can find Since you've been around, your love's put me at the top of the world. As well as that one, of course, there were many more. Mr. Postman was one that I nearly picked as well. I mean, when you look back at the Carpenters' discography, and especially the chart success that they had with the singles there's so many songs that are just ingrained into your brain without you even knowing they've got so many great great songs another person who's got so many great songs glenn campbell and my dad had glenn campbell's greatest hits 1971 and um there's a really good documentary i haven't seen it yet tina's watched it and she said it is fantastic uh it's glenn campbell i'll be me and it charts him when he was right at the end of his career and he was suffering from Alzheimer's. And I do want to watch it. Again, regular listeners, you'll know of my love of documentaries. Uh, and I loved Glenn Campbell um, through my dad as well. But the fact that I've got a strong association with Glenn Campbell music with my dad, and also the fact it's Glenn Campbell's got Alzheimer's, of which my granddad suffered with at the end of his life. And I went through that with him and watched him slowly become somebody who didn't know who I was. I know that documentary is going to be a tough watch. So I haven't watched it yet. Uh, it's probably one. I'm going to have to get like loads of tissues ready to watch that. Uh, again, songs. I mean, what song would I pick from Glenn Campbell's greatest hits? And there was one that did leap above the others. Because unlike me, my dad used to sing around the house. You know, he'd just suddenly break into song. And this is the one that I always remember him singing the most as far as Glenn Campbell songs go. And it is a classic it's Wichita Lineman. I am a lineman for the county, and I 
drive the main road Searching in the sun for another overload I hear you singing in the wire I can hear you through the wine And the Wichita Putting these shows together, this one and the previous Soundcheck Memory show, it's a sure sign that I'm getting old because I'm digging out these old songs and I'm going, oh, this these songs are so much better than, than the songs that were in the charts today. <laughs> not as I actually, not as I could tell you anything that's in the charts today. You could ask me the proverbial million dollar question and say, name one song that's in the top 50 in the charts today. And I would not have a clue. I would not win that million dollars. But the stuff that uh, comes up on the TV when the TV's on and it's just all auto-tuned rubbish to me. But hey, I'm 55 in three weeks, so <laughs> I don't think I'm the target audience for them, for whoever it is that's top of the charts at the moment. Uh, let's go into another album then. Let's get it. Let's get our rock on a little bit. And again, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that rock music is my it's my bread and butter, isn't it? Status Quo, 12 Gold Bars, released in 1980. What an awesome album that was. Uh, and my song from it was released in 1977, Rocking All Over the World. This was one song uh, from 77 onwards through the late 70s, was always played at parties, weddings, anything, any excuse, any excuse to get up on the dance floor and do some grebbing. Does that mean anything to you? Grebbing. Well, I looked in, uh, online to see if it was still a word because we know how words come in and out of you know dialect. Next generation comes along, makes up their own set of words. It's like my daughter, oh, was it a couple of years ago? Everything was on fleek. It's not anymore. Still don't know what it means, um, but yeah, everybody was grebbing. So I looked online and searched for grebbing, and be careful when you search online for anything, because you know, obviously you never know what's going to come up. Keep that safe search on, folks. Uh, but apparently now grebbing means spitting. No, it doesn't. Back in my day, spitting was gobbing. <laughs> That's what spitting was. And then if and please, if you're eating, stop eating or pause this and wait until you're finished. If you drew up a particularly phlegmy one from the back of your throat, well, then it was called flobbing. So <laughs> a watery one. I know I don't need to go into this much explanation. There's people out there going, just stop now, Dave, please stop. But a watery one was, was called gobbing and a, a phlegmy one was called flobbing. Grebbing is spitting these days. Get away with your grebbing is when especially, and I think, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Rocking All Over the World is the song that started the grebbing phase. I'm I'm not sure, but it's the one that I immediately associate with every, the song coming on, everybody piling onto the dance floor. And, oh, this is going to be difficult to explain. You'd stand with your feet, like, shoulder length apart. You'd stick your thumbs into your belt You'd lean forward, you'd stick your arm, your elbows out, and you'd sort of twist to the left and then to the right and back and to in time to the music. That's grebbing. Don't give me any of this spitting rubbish. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, come on, get ready to put your backs out, folks, and let's do a little bit of grebbing to a tiny bit of rocking all over the world. <laughs>
amazing music from the 70s. Hot chocolate. What a band. What a drink. Uh, who doesn't like hot chocolate? Hot Chocolate's Hottest Hits was the compilation that album that my dad had released in 1982. And again, trying to pick a song to play a little bit of from this as an example uh, was so tough. Hot Chocolate, Hot Chocolate again. Amazing amount of great, great songs. But there's one that, stood, again, stood out for me that I've got to play a little bit of. And I'm sure people, especially of a certain age, will remember this one. Everyone's a winner. Definitely a winner from Hot Chocolate. I hope you're enjoying these <laughs> as we go back in time. I know a certain uh, section of our listeners will have, would maybe hearing them for the first time. But again, I know ones that are, you know, closer to my age will hopefully relive in a little bit of your youth too, going through these. Uh, now I've talked about how my dad's LP collection was compilation albums and comedy albums. But the song that I associate with him the most is a single. It wasn't from an album, which is kind of weird, I guess, after me talking about how he didn't buy singles. Uh, but he got this one. It was released in 1974, and it's George McRae, Rock Your Baby. It was the debut single by George McRae. Can you believe that? It hit number one, virtually worldwide. It was a smash. Benny and Bjorn from ABBA have cited it as a song that was inspiration for the backing track of Dancing Queen. It was it was just played everywhere. And because it was released in 1974, this was the time when we started, um, we were going on holidays abroad. So we'd go to Spain, Malta. Um, they were the main two places that we'd go to. I think we went to Portugal once. Did the usual Benidorm, Majorca, all that kind of stuff. Uh, like a lot of Brits did in the 1970s. And this was a song that was played everywhere. And it is the one out of all of them of picturing my dad singing, this This is the song. And it's it's sad really because I've forgotten what my dad sounds like. His talking voice, which I can remember what he looks like vividly, uh, even though I've only got uh, a handful of photographs of him now uh, did have hundreds and hundreds of photographs had hundreds of hours of cine film and then when he got the video camera of video film of him um, but all those um, got destroyed which is a long and dark tale that may appear I don't know in the psychology podcast one time I don't know so I've forgotten what he sounds like and that's one of the really good things about having podcasting as a hobby not only for the fact that I really enjoy doing it not only for the fact that I've made some great friends doing it and a lot of you listeners amongst them you know we started swapping tweets and now I've got quite a few of you on my whatsapp and we swap messages privately it's, it's such a, a brilliant supportive hobby to have but it's also now Thanks to what, 178 episodes of 80s Picture House and now we're into what, this is 261 of 60 Minutes with. Now, while I wasn't on every single one of all of those shows, there's a lot of hours of me talking for my two kids to listen to whenever I'm not here. You know, whenever my day comes, they've, they've got loads of stuff. Of, you know, they can listen to their dad 
talking to people, interviewing people whose work he really loves, talking to his mates and being stupid. Um, so and then they're not going to forget my voice. I think it's one of the, one of the worst things, one of the most most annoying things about um, what happened of losing all, like I said, with the photographs and the video and everything. Is I can't remember what my dad sounded like. So this is the closest I get when I can vaguely sort of bring to mind him singing this. So sit back, relax. And this one's for you, Dad. George McRae, Rock Your Baby. did you think of that one did you like that one did it bring back memories if you're of a certain age uh, if it was new to you if it's a brand new song what did you think please email me like i said i'm going to do soundcheck memories part three i don't know whenever a few months time probably uh and you just send some emails and i'll reply to whatever emails that we get i'm going to stay in the 70s um it's all about the 60s and 70s this episode and i'm going to talk about silly 1970s songs the 70s was just full of the most ridiculous songs. It carried on into the 80s. You know, there was the likes of um, the Birdie song. And, oh, what was the one with the frog? Oh, was that in the 90s even? Mr. Blobby. It, it did carry on, but the 70s was just chock-a-block with ridiculous songs. Ridiculous songs that did really well in the charts that wouldn't touch the charts nowadays uh, for all sorts of different reasons. Some of the reasons being because they were rubbish. Some of the reasons being because maybe they're not quite as um, 
politically correct again i've said politically correct a few times in this episode haven't i but we are talking about the 1970s so i've been really careful what i've said about them as well so i don't get myself into trouble uh the 1970s this was when let's start with albums the top of the pops albums ruled the charts a lot and these these were albums issued by pickwick on their hallmark label and they started in 19, 1968 and ran till the mid-80s. Uh, they had session musicians playing on them. It wasn't the actual artists. And they'd have singers and they would replicate whatever chart hits there were of the time. Um, it got no connection with Top of the Pops TV show as well, by the way. But it's quite interesting when you look into the history of the Top of the Pops albums. Some of the people that sang on them before, they were famous. There was Tina Charles. Elton John sang on some of them before he made it big. Uh, and nearly a hundred of the albums were released. And the biggest success of them was during the 1970s. They were budget albums. They were cheaper than most of the other albums out there. So, of course, people saw them and, and they thought, OK, here's an LP. It's got, say, 10 songs on it. It's cheap. And it saves me a lot more than buying all these songs, you know, from the different albums or as, as singles. And that's why, even though, the, you know, they weren't the original singers, they were a close approximation most of the time. <laughs> I remember hearing Solomon being very disappointed that they didn't sound a bit like who were they who they were supposed to sound like. And with the success of the Top of the Pops albums, of course, much like today even, something becomes a success, copycats follow, and there was copycats of this. There was hot hits, there was chart hits, there was Parade of the Pops even. Now the Top of the Pops covers invariably featured female models that were scantily dressed, just in skimpy attire. Nothing, not too much flesh showing, hot pants, little top, something like that. But it was it was hot hits who really went for it with the covers <laughs> because they always had a female model, not the same one and every one. They used a variety of female models on their covers who always wore a bikini. There you go because that's old album covers in the 1970s. But this this model, or, you know, or these series of models that they used would be doing something, it would be linked to something, um, not music-based even. Examples being there was one where she was skiing in a bikini, out on, <laughs> out on the piste uh, with skis and a bikini, because, hey, that's, that's what everybody wears when they go skiing, isn't it? That's what the, the young, attractive woman about town wears when she goes skiing, pops on a bikini, clips on those skis, off she goes. <laughs> there was ones where there was a woman, again, in a bikini, playing cricket. But at least at this time, there was a little bit of health and safety involved, and she was wearing cricket pads <laughs> for what good that would do her. No helmet, mind. Uh, bikini and cricket pads. It's one of a... Um, Bikini clad woman playing tennis. There's another one playing. It's one of my favourites, actually. Playing croquet in a bikini while an older couple are having a cream tea at a garden table behind her and watching her. <laughs> it's ridiculous. There's another one with a woman fishing in a bikini. Uh, and, of course, she is using the rod as a non-too-discreet phallic symbol. Yeah, hot hits have a look at those folks <laughs> silly songs there's so many i can't even begin to scratch the surface of how many silly songs there were in the 1970s i did mention one in soundcheck memories uh, and that was ray stevens the streak released in 1974 and you know what any excuse just to play a little bit more of that once again hello once again everyone your action news reporter in the booth at the gym covering the disturbance of the basketball playoff pardon me sir did you see what happened yeah i did it's half time i just went down there to get out of the snow cone here he comes right out of the cheap seats right down the middle of the court there didn't have nothing on but his high top rebounds he was a dribbling Made a jump shot, got out through the concession. I hollered up devil, I said, don't look at the... Too late, she done got a free shot. Grandstanded her right there in front of the home team. Well, yes, they call him the street. Whoa, here he comes again. Fastest thing, who's that with me? Ethel, is that you, Ethel? 
that still makes me laugh. <laughs> it's the don't look Ethel that always gets me. Uh, another popular song uh, in the 70s was Eviva España from 1974. And like I mentioned earlier, the Brits going to Spain to Benidorm and Majorca, because that's how you've got to say it, because uh, that's how most of the Brits said it. Spain was a very, very popular holiday destination, uh, hence the success of Eviva España. So the following year in 1975, George Baker selection thought they would cash in on this popularity of Spain. Can you think, let's play this game again, like we did in the first one. If I say George Baker selection, what song am I just gonna mention? Can you think? I couldn't again, uh, it's Paloma Blanca, which apparently is Spanish for white dove. And this was a huge hit and another one that was played all over the place, but especially when you were on holiday in Spain. So this really takes me back to being on holiday in Spain in the 1970s. When the sun shines on the mountains And the night is on the run It's a new day, it's a new way And I fly up to the sun One of the most memorable silly songs of the 70s for me is from 1972 and it's Chuck Berry and come on you must know what I'm gonna say on this one surely my dingaling can you imagine 1972 I'm seven years old being in school and this is a big hit it's played everywhere the laughs well, at least that the boys in the class had from a man. It would be, did you see that man on the telly last night? He was singing a song about his willy. <laughs> that was the talk of the school. The willy song. Yeah. Uh, it, it needs no other introduction, does it? Chuck Berry, My Dingaling. Now we'll go to, to our alma mater. And uh, this happens to be an E flat. And it's a very cute little number. Matter of fact, it's a fourth grade ditty. And uh, I'm sure that uh, we won't need any accompaniment. And, <laughs> and uh, also, it happens to be a song of togetherness. You see, if it wasn't for togetherness, I wouldn't be here. And uh, none of the rest of you would be here either. <laughs> if it wasn't for togetherness, this is such a beautiful thing, you know. And it also happens to be a, a, a sexy song which, uh, oh, there's nothing wrong with sex. No, not a thing wrong with sex. Beautiful, it's the beautiful thing in the world. My father's a Baptist minister. And he uh, taught us, said, son, son, there's nothing wrong with sex. It's, it's just the way that you handle it, you see. And, uh, we, uh, and he taught us to uh, handle it uh, properly, you see. So we're gonna do this little number. It's a fourth grade number. Now we're gonna show them uh, the uh, gentleman their part first because the gentlemen only have one part in the song uh, to, to, uh, to uh, and uh, so we're gonna teach them their part first no now now come on I, I have to hold the pick with these two fingers this is the only one I have to work with so bear with me okay. alright now we have a groovy audience here tonight don't we okay now fellas here's where it goes the girls have the first um, word and uh, when I lean over this way well then you come in with your part you see okay I gotta turn this box down it's hard to get here it is now yeah okay okay all right girls have the first word the girls say my and the boys say ding-a-ling that's right it's a cute little song yeah. Yeah. oh yeah and then the girls say my 
And then the boys say, ding-a-ling. You notice how the boys' part starts rising already? And then the girls say, and then the girls say, I want to play with my, and the boys say, ding-a-ling. All right. Now, okay, I'm going to sing the girls' part. And fellas, uh, when I lean out this way, we want you to come in real strong with your ding-a-lings here. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. I'm going to sing the girls' part. The girls say, my. And then you say, come on. Ding-a-ling. My. I want you to play with my. Oh, my. Oh, my. I want you to play with my girls. Girls, the boys got their part ready. The boys have their part ready. Yes, sir. That's yes, sir. London again. <laughs> okay, girls. Now, girls, I was singing your part. Now we want you to put your part right around the boys' part, part so we get all the all the parts together. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got to get all the parts together. All right, now, when I lean out this way for the girls and this way for the boys. Okay, I'm going to sing the first of my girls and then let you go ahead and get with the boys. <laughs> okay, here we go. Once again, fellas, now, you know, don't forget, get down in there and come in. Wait, all right. Oh, my. I want, come on, girls, play with my. Fairly good, fairly good. But you know what? It wasn't but two girls out here and one little girl back here taking care of all them dinglings. You know? That's entirely too much. That's entirely, entirely. We need more girls to participate now. Come on, ladies, now. Get with the gentleman now and participate now. Come on now, here. Open your mouth now, here, and get it. Come on. Get it. Oh, 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 cameraman, even your Oh, 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 cameraman. cute little toy silver bells hanging on a string she told me it was my ding a ling a ling oh my Yes, sir. We got about 130 ladies singing now. It really gets to you. Wait till we get about the fifth verse. All of Can you imagine something like that these days? Can you imagine, I don't know, a female equivalent? Adele singing a song called My Foo Foo. Or Beyonce singing a song called My Lady Garden. <laughs> what? Would they get to number one? I, I don't know. I really probably not. Uh, here's the game again, folks. I'm going to say Lobo. What song comes to mind if I say Lobo? You think? Again, no surprise here. I didn't guess. It's only when I get to the song title, of course. Me and You and a Dog Named Boo, released in 1971. I love that song. Silly song, though. Uh means a bit more these days because, of course podcast mascot Bodie who as I'm recording surprise surprise is lying right next to me like he normally does um, we call him Boo for short or Boo Boo Dog as well uh, so he's uh, as you know the mascot of the show go to our Instagram account if you don't know what he looks like plenty of pictures of him on there so let's have a little listen to Lobo and me and you and a dog named Boo Bright red Georgia clay And 
don't get lyrics like that in songs these days, do you? At least not that I'm aware of. <laughs> if you did, maybe I'd be paying more attention to the charts if there were songs like that. If there is, again, email me. Let me know that there is and I'll have a listen. And 1975, Telly Savalas, probably best known for me at least as being Kojak, a show that I really used to love in the 70s, released a song called If. Now, if you look at the video for it, which again is on YouTube. He he doesn't sing this song, he narrates this song while having a cigarette. <laughs> it's very silly, uh, very weird. It's very 1970s and it predates by three years William Shatner's iconic performance of Rocket Man, where he narrates the song while having a cigarette. Did he see Telly Savalas three years previously and think, yes, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Let's just have a little listen to Telly Savalas and if. If a picture paints a thousand words, then why can't I paint you? The words will never show. The you I've come to know. And if a face could launch a thousand ships, then where am I to go? There's no one home but you. You're all that's left me to. undisputed kings of the silly songs of the 1970s was the goodies comedy program over here in the uk uh, absolutely used to love it brilliant brilliant show uh, if you've not seen it take a look don't know how it's aged you might watch it now and think why did people laugh at this in the 1970s me it's brilliant still laugh at it now between 1973 to 1978 they released 13 singles 13 in a five-year period some of the singles included The Inbetweenies, Father Christmas Do Not Touch Me, probably their most famous one in 1975, The Funky Gibbon, uh, Nappy Love, also in 1975, but the one I'm going to play a little bit of, uh, again, was released in 1975. What a year for silly songs from the goodies, is Make a Daft Noise for Christmas. Christmas 2020, you've got a double bill of songs to play from the goodies. 
start it off with Father Christmas Do Not Touch Me and then move on to Make a Daft Noise for Christmas. Everybody will thank you. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> so now it's on to my actual song pick for Silly Songs of the 70s. And this one did stand out above most. Uh, it was released in 1971. Uh, I remember it being released. I remember it being in the charts. It was number one for ages. Um, so for one last time in this show, let's play that little game again where I say the name of the band and you have to guess the song. The band is Middle of the Road. Now, if you're in the UK listening to this, you might guess. Whereas if you're in America listening to it, you probably won't. Although, you will be familiar with the song. And I'll get into that and explain why that is the case. The song, and it is as ridiculous as the title, Chirpy Chirpy Cheap Cheap. <laughs> it's a ridiculous title. It is... It's a ridiculously catchy and memorable, as well as very repetitive song that is sung in slightly annoying voice, if truth be told. Uh, it's a song that it takes the piss out of a little baby bird, that its mum and dad have flown away and left it alone. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is a song about child abandonment. <laughs> and again, I do need to remind you, it was the 1970s. Uh, it was originally recorded in 1970 by its composer, Lally Stott. And it was a top 15 hit in France and a minor hit in Italy and Australia and a minor hit in America. And it was Stott's record company, Philips. Uh, they were reluctant to release the song overseas. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, and they, apparently they offered it to two other groups. There was a Scottish folk pop group, Middle of the Road, which again, UK people would be more familiar with. They were working in Italy at the time, and it was also offered to the Trinidadian brother and sister duo of Mac and Katie Kassoon. Now, it's unclear which group Stott offered the song to first, but it was Mac and Katie who produced their cover version of it first. But then Middle of the Road's version became a hit in continental Europe, and continental Europe only. Uh, and it was only later that it grew in popularity over here in the UK. And in the UK, it reportedly got a boost from DJ Tony Blackburn, well known over here in the UK. Uh, and he favoured this version over the one that was previously produced by Mac and Katie. However, Middle of the Road's version never charted in the US Billboard 100. Uh, and it nearly flopped in the UK because it so quickly followed, you know, Mac and Katie's version of it. Middle of the Road's version eventually reached number one over here, stayed at number one for five weeks in June 1971. <laughs> a song about child abandonment stayed at number one for five weeks. Again, I ask you, would that happen today? Uh, Mac and Katie's version only reached number 41 over here, whereas in the United States, Mac and Katie's version was a greater success and it reached number 20 on the billboard. Hot 100. That's why if you're in America, when I said about the band name, you probably wouldn't be as familiar with that one. Uh, and Lally Stott's original version had only reached number 92 in America. Uh, band leader Ken Andrews says, probably voicing the thoughts of a lot of people, we were as disgusted with the thought of recording it as most people were at the thought of buying it. But at the end of the day, we liked it. In 2006, Chirpy Chirpy Cheap Cheap, what a title, topped a list of unintentionally creepy songs in The Observer. I'd like to know what was second and third. I bet this was a runaway leader. I had a look. You would not believe the amount of cover versions this song has had. So many people have done a cover version of it. It is unbelievable. So before we go on to the housekeeping to end the show and of course finish off playing the song, I just want to go through the lyrics with you a little bit in case you're not familiar with them, just so you know what's coming. Uh, again, like I said, there is a lot of repetition uh, and it begins with, where's your mama gone? You know, let's start from the off. Let's start <laughs> by shouting at this poor little, imagine this poor little baby bird in its nest all by itself. And there's a group of people who immediately gather around it and go, where's your mama gone? 
And then they repeat it. Where's your mama gone? Little baby bird, little baby bird. Where's your mama gone? Where's your mama gone? That's, that's psychological bullying. And that's just the beginning of the song. And then they go far, far away, far, far away. <laughs> this little baby bird is in pieces already. Then they sing from the point of view of the baby bird. Last night I heard my mama singing this song. Ooh wee, chirpy, chirpy, cheep, cheep. Woke up this morning and my mama was gone. Ooh wee, chirpy, chirpy, cheep, cheep. Chirpy, chirpy, cheep, cheep, chirp. Which is probably bird talk for, oh shit, where's my mum gone? What do I do now? I'm all by myself. Then the gang come back round again. Where's your mama gone? Where's your mama gone? <laughs> That's so cruel. Little baby bird, little baby bird. Where's your mama gone? Where's your mama gone? Oh, this baby bird is just a mess by now. Far, far away. <laughs> then, as if that's not enough, the gang doesn't move away, doesn't help the bird, doesn't go, sorry bird, didn't mean that, gonna help you, let's find your mum. No. They start chanting at this little baby bird. Where's your papa gone? Where's your papa gone? <laughs> little baby bird, little baby bird, where's your papa gone? Yeah, it's mum and it's dad have gone. I don't know. Probably killed by a cat. I'm surprised. I'm surprised there's not another verse that says killed by a cat, killed by a cat, <laughs> squashed by a car. That's what happened to your mama and your papa. Maybe that was cut out. Maybe that's the extended 12 inch version <laughs> of the song. Oh my word. Yeah. Number one, five weeks, people. How about that? And again, it was the 1970s. <laughs> I had to live through these. Maybe that explains a lot. Again, I don't know. That's for you to decide. <laughs> Housekeeping to finish the show. You know where we are. 60minuteswith.co.uk. Numerical 60, not alphabetical. There's a contact us form on there. Or you can email us direct. Contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. Uh, I have posed quite a few questions to you in this episode. Uh, so please, yeah, answer them. Get back to me. Uh, send us some emails and I'll read them out on Soundcheck Memories Part 3. There's lots of other stuff on the website, of course. It's the hub of everything that we do. There's news, reviews. There's the podcast. Uh, there's all of the podcasts. It's not just a podcast. There's all of the podcasts that we've done. There's ways that you can save money. Different places. You can get 20% off at Insert Coin Clothing, 15% off at Retrofusion Bucks. Uh, you can help us out by buying through the Amazon UK links on there. If you buy anything from Amazon UK, please take an, you know 10 seconds to do an extra click and click through our website. We don't know who you are. It doesn't cost you a penny more. It just helps us out. Uh, another way to help us out as well is leave us a review. We've made it very, very easy for you. There'll be a link in the podcast notes. Two minutes to write us a review. Really does. And I say this every episode. And still we don't get many reviews. Come on, it's my birthday on the 25th of July. Do it as a birthday present for me. <laughs> Leave the podcast a review. That'll be nice. Email us one. Give us a rating, one to five stars. I don't care if you give us one as a present. Just send us a review and I'll put it up on there. Uh, it does help us to get new interview guests. I've got, I'm arranging a couple more as I record this. It helps us get more prizes. We give away so much stuff on our Twitter account and it helps us in lots of other ways behind the scenes too. So that's the best thing that you can do for us. And that's it. That's it for this one. Uh, like I said, I will be back with part three with the comedy albums of my youth. Again, another reason for you to email us. Tell me about the comedy albums of your youth. Did they help shape your sense of humour today? Or not? Is your sense of humour completely different to what you used to listen to back then? So, to end the show, you've been warned. Here it is. Here's, <laughs> here's the child abandonment song that is called Chirpy Chirpy Cheep Cheep. Cheep.